Hey lady, it's Dr. Dom here. If you like this show and you want to make your own, let me tell you about the free platform Anchor. It's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. You can add songs from Spotify and create any type of content that you are looking for. Anchor will distribute it all for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. On this week's episode of Cultivating Her Space. I don't care if you only have $100 to your name. I don't care if you have a million dollars to your name. If you don't understand the concept of budgeting, you will always spend all your money. Today's episode is sure to provide you with motivation, inspiration, or a fresh perspective. If you have any aha moments or appreciate anything from this episode, please leave us a review to let us know we're on the right track. Also, we release episodes every Friday, so be sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit cultivatingherspace.com to access our exclusive after show and other bonus content from the Patreon tab. Welcome to Cultivating Her Space, a podcast dedicated to uplifting women like you. We're your hosts, Dr. Dominique Broussard, a college professor and psychologist, and Terry Lomax, a techie and motivational speaker. In a world where Black women are often misrepresented and misunderstood, please join us as we initiate authentic conversations on everything from fibroids to fake friends and create a safe space where Black women can just be. Hey, lady, it's Dr. Dom here from the Cultivating Her Space podcast. Are you currently a resident of the state of California? and contemplating starting your therapy journey? Well, if so, please reach out to me at drdominiquebroussard.com. That's D-R-D-O-M-I-N-I-Q-U-E-B-R-O-U-S-S-A-R-D.com to schedule a free 15-minute consultation. I look forward to hearing from you. All right, lady. Today, we have a special guest that we are super excited about, okay? In addition to being a fellow Philly native, Abu Fofana is head instructor and founder of the Power Your Launch Marketing Accelerator and host of the Powered AF podcast, a podcast for misunderstood visionaries. Abu is the king of Facebook ads. You've probably seen him around in these social media streets. His IG is filled with inspiration and quotables, and he is the man behind the brand of many of your favorite women-owned businesses. Get your pen, your paper, and maybe some tissues because he's inspiring too, okay? And let's dive in. Abu, welcome to Cultivating Her Space. Hey, first of all, that was an amazing introduction. I'm like, dang, who did all that? Like, <laughs> So thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yay, we're so excited to have you. Yes, I am so looking forward to this conversation. So, all right, our quote of the day. You keep creating more because you're avoiding selling and marketing your offer. Your problem is not the product or service. It's actually selling and marketing. Abu, I know you know this. Because these are your words. <laughs> right. <laughs> so when you hear this quote, what was the context 
Yeah. And, and I, I think the reason why I said that is because I found that people spend so much of their time creating their thing. They go into a cave, they'll spend the next six months, the next year creating their thing. They then create it, they launch it to the world. And then there's this disappointment period that happens. It's sort of like you climb to the top, then you're like, wait a second, you know, was this even the right mountain that you should have climbed? And so I think that when it boils down to it, and the reason why I say that, and I know I was, you know, shouting at a lot of people, it was like, you're not spending the same level of effort on your marketing and selling of the thing you just created, but you spent all that time creating it. And so you have to, to be fair, you have to give it the same level of effort and time that you did in creating it. And so I think that's the message behind that is you're in business to make sales, right? Like that's in order to stay in business, you have to make some level of sales. And so I think that's why I wrote that. And I know a lot of people got mad at me, <laughs> but listen, I, I think it was the truth, right? It was the truth. It was yeah. Indeed. yeah, it's a powerful quote. I feel like as a creative, I understand that process too, because I love to create the new stuff. But then when you have to actually do the work yes. and like keep the momentum and get the sales, sometimes it can be difficult. Now, Abu, you have such an inspiring story. Can you please share with us your origin story and what prompted you to create Power Your Launch? Yeah, so Power Your Launch was really created from a time where I had just left corporate and I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do next. And I was sitting in the kitchen at my mentor's place and, you know, they both went to Harvard Business School, Harvard Law. And, you know, so the trajectory was like, you know, I'd be studying to get ready to go to, you know, an MBA program. But I didn't enjoy corporate. And so the reason why I left corporate and I was working on Wall Street was it just wasn't my thing. Like, you know, everyone was wearing suits. Every, like the problems that we were solving, I really couldn't see the problems that we were solving or the people that we were impacting. So I think Power Your Launch started because while I was working in corporate, I would always help people, whether it was with advertising, monetizing online. And so I said, you know what, what does it look like if I did this and, and, and instead of maybe work corporate? And then I had to ask myself because my mentors, they said, well, yeah, I know what you're trying to do, but like you should still get ready to go to business school. And I said, well, what if I could help a thousand people? If I could help a thousand people make over a million dollars, do I still need to go to business school? And so I think that was my challenge early on is how can I make impact and help people grow in their business, use a lot of the skills that I learned to help grow small business. And then the second thing was, how do I not go to corporate or go get my MBA and sort of just like craft my own path at the same time? I love that. The idea of figuring out how to craft your own path and and not taking the prescribed road, right, of saying, okay, you know what, there's a different way and it's the road less traveled, but it's still a road. So I'm going to take it. And so as you have been on this journey of helping folks sell and market, what are the biggest struggles that you see for your clients? Yeah, I think that as I'm helping people, some of the biggest challenges I'm seeing my audience have and, and students and clients have, the, the first thing is sort of like this internal, like this imposter syndrome of they don't believe that they could do it. 
And they've also accepted other limiting beliefs that people have told them. And so when these two things happen, when you accept other people's beliefs, you're in the box. And then when you don't believe it, then you're even in a smaller box. And so I think that's the biggest, the biggest thing that I see, one of the biggest barriers. The other barrier that I see is that people almost, when, when it comes to marketing their product, they almost feel like it's beneath them. Wait, so you want me to get on the phone with my customer? And t- yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, you want me to oh do this, goodness. you know, spend three hours, four hours a day. I'm like, well, are you trying to make sales or are you not trying to be in business? And so there's a different level of hunger. When you're hungry, it doesn't matter what it takes. You're going to feed yourself. And so I think most people, they're not hungry yet. They have ideas, but they're not hungry. You have to have some level of hunger when you decide you want to be in business and pursue entrepreneurship. And then the third thing is just level of education. They don't know what they don't know. When I first got in the space of running advertisement, of understanding data, there wasn't a lot of people that looked like me. And a lot of the people I help are like me. And so I said, well, how do I, how do I now that I've been exposed to this, let them know there's a better way to market your products that you know, these platforms that we're using, the Facebook and Instagram, they actually collect data on us. And as a business owner, we could use this data to leverage it in order to get in front of our customers. Like, how do I teach them that? You know, because if I just show them the, the numbers and the data, they may be like, wait, I, I'm not doing this. But if I could show them the outcome of, well, you could reach a thousand new people, you could reach a million new people. If you're on the East Coast, you could get in front of your audience that live on the West Coast and in the UK. And so it, Again, so it's the mental aspect, trying to help them navigate the educational component as well. So I think those are sort of the, the biggest challenges I see entrepreneurs have. And it's how do I get them to, how do I get them exposure into a new skill set, something that they could utilize in order to grow and, and be successful? That is so game changing too. And I love the fact that you're so hands on with your brand. That someone might assume like, oh, he's probably maybe he's not as successful as he is because you be out here like you be on the lives. You be having the conversations in the comment section, the DMs, all that. So on your Instagram, you talked about how you quit your first job out of undergrad and you documented that first 30 days. What did you learn about betting on yourself during that time? Yeah. So when I left my my first job out of undergrad, I was getting paid like sixty five thousand dollars a year. And that was the most amount of money my family had ever seen, right? My mom raised seven kids on 28,000 a year. And so when I got that job and, you know, you tell your mom and then the neighbor knows and then everybody in the neighborhood found out, right? Like, Abu's a big shot, 65K a year. And again, we grew up in a really poor neighborhood. So that was, that was a lot of money. Everyone was rooting for me. So I then decided I wanted to leave this job because I didn't want to be there. It wasn't my calling. I started having this internal conflict that, you know what, you know, there's something more. But like outside, the people looking in, they're like, what what are you complaining about? 65,000 a year. You're able to take care of X, Y, Z. But 65K after taxes is like 40K. You know, then if you have, you know, student loans, you got contribute to the family, like you really take it home like, 15 or 20K mm-hmm. if you're not good at budgeting, et cetera. And so when I left that position, it was, it was the first time I stood up for myself. And I said, hey, this is something that I want to do. Because my entire life, it was what 
it was pushed upon me. You know, you have to take care of your family. So you have to go get this money, right? You have to do this because that's what's required of you and necessary for you to contribute. When I left that, that was the first time I was doing something for me. And so when I left, I documented a series of 30 blog posts because I'm leaving, I'm walking away from this money. I didn't tell my mom I was walking away. I didn't tell anyone for eight months. Everyone still thought I had this job. But I documented that because that was what I needed. That was my journaling I was doing. I needed a place to go and reflect. And so every day I would like talk about how it felt and what I was doing. And hey, I'm working out for five to- the fifth time today because I'm super stressed out and my anxiety has spiked, you know. But from those 30 blog posts, what happened was I sort of came to terms with that wasn't for me. The other thing that happened is I posted this blog post on LinkedIn. You can still search for it on LinkedIn today. (laughs) And it was called, Thank You PwC for Raising Me, because I was working at Big Four, PricewaterhouseCoopers. And that blog post went viral on LinkedIn. So before you could go viral on LinkedIn, before these people were writing all these thought pieces, that article, that blog post that that had my thoughts went viral. And then from that specific blog post, I got 13 job offers. I got job offers from Accenture, Lloyd, like all these people started reaching out. So I was like, oh, wait a second. (laughs) But I don't want to go back into something I don't enjoy because that's what those 30 days of reflecting taught me. Don't go back to things that you don't enjoy. And so I think that's sort of how I, I came to terms with, okay, there's something else out there for me. And it was just me talking to myself. I wasn't asking for anyone else's opinion. Because sometimes when you ask for too many opinions and you have too many cooks in the kitchen, you start using ingredients and recipes that. Okay. Okay. I boot preaching today. <laughs> yes, he is. Yes, he is. I, I love that. I, I love someone once told me, you know, that they don't ever take a job that is they don't ever go to a place that doesn't feed their spirit. And they don't stay at a place where their spirit isn't fed. So if they get to a point where their spirit no longer feels fed, they know it's time to go. And that's what yours that's what your story, your journey reminds me of. Now I'm going to deviate from my questions a little bit because as you were sharing your journey, I was like, "Oh, I want to know. I got to know, right?" So we're going to get a little personal. So part of going on this journey and taking, you know, the road less traveled requires having to have those difficult conversations or it could be difficult conversations with those around us. Right. So you shared that your family, this was your the first time, like a lot of people in your community were looking up to you because you were making big money. You had that big corporate job. Right. What was the conversation like with your mom when you told her, Ma, I quit? When you finally shared that with her, because you kept it, you kept a secret for eight months. But so what was that conversation like when you finally shared that news with her and then told her what you were venturing into? Yeah, no, that's a a really good question. And I think, you know, that's why I waited eight months because I needed to find the thoughts and words. But also I come from like African household. So like, you know, you you don't really, (laughs) you don't really do those things spur of the moment, right? 
if something's wrong, then you need a you need to pray more, right? Like, <laughs> and so I, I think for me, the conversations were hard. When I finally told my mom, like literally every day, what would happen? I would literally get dressed, put on my you know business casual slacks, and leave out the house every morning with her. And then I'd go to the local coffee Starbucks <laughs> or the local oh, coffee shit. shop or or Panera. And I'd be there the whole day. Okay. And I'd come okay. back and and I was a consultant, so I typically traveled, but I was like, Oh, I have a local project. You know, I got a local project for the next few months and you know, I kept extending it. But I think what happened was I started, you know, you know, by month like four or five, I started getting out there, meaning I went to the local WeWorks and I would start helping entrepreneurs. I'd go in there and I'd ask them, Hey, you know, I could do here my skill sets. Are there any entrepreneurs that sort of or any businesses in here that need that help? And I started doing that. And I thought that I was about to go and be an entrepreneur full time. But here's what happened. By month seven, I get a phone call from one of my peers and they said, hey, Abu, we are building this thing and I know you have experience in it. Do you want to come to New York and work on Wall Street and we'll pay you a lot of money? And so I was like, okay. So I told my mom, hey, I'm leaving companies. But again, I never had that discussion with her. I didn't have that discussion with her until the second job I left. And so I moved to New York. I went from 65K a year. I didn't work for eight months. And my new starting salary was $130,000. So here I am. I went from 65 to 130,000. And I started making more than all my peers. And so I thought to myself for the first time, I said, what changed? Like, what, how did I go from 65 to $130,000? What changed? And the, this is the first time in my life when I realized you don't get paid, you know, what you think you're worth, right? Like, you don't get paid what you think your value is, right? You get paid what you can negotiate. So I didn't want to go back to work. I threw out a random number and they said, okay. And I was like, dang it. <laughs> okay, I'll come out wow. there and I will, I will test this out. And then I tried to convince myself that, okay, maybe it was just that last job because now I was getting paid more money. I was like, maybe it was just the last job that I didn't like. You know, maybe, you know, I like this job even more. I would find out later on, as soon as I accepted that job, the first day at that job, getting paid 130000 I realized it, it wasn't the job, it was me. The first day walking into the office, I was like, okay, I made the biggest mistake of my life. That's when I knew my value wasn't also attached to money anymore. I said, it's not about the money that holds me in the place, right? It's about there's something bigger that's happening inside of me. So I went, I doubled my salary in eight months and I still decided to leave this new job. And so then I had a conversation with my mom and I was like, look, like this isn't for for me. I've saved up capital. I have a run rate of about six to eight months. So I could go without, and I'm living in New York City. It's a lot more expensive. And if it doesn't work, okay, I could apply back to these jobs. I got those 13 job offers, right? I could reach out to one of them. So I saw the worst thing that could happen is I could end up back where I was. And when that was the worst thing, I said, well, what's the best thing that could happen? And then I decided to just soar after that. That is extremely powerful, Abu. That is extremely inspiring at the same time. But I think you, you really led us into another conversation here. 
And I want to jump into a post that you shared on Instagram, because I think many of us folks that are listening and us included, we have income goals for ourselves, ourselves. Right. And I think that you have reached the level of success that many people aspire to. And so you posted on Instagram recently about how it took you 12 years to make 300 K in two hours. I'm going to say that one more time for the people in the back, just in case you didn't catch that. It took them 12 years to make $300,000 in two hours. Okay. Now with that in mind, is there anything that you can tell folks who are in pursuit of wealth that may not know or learn this lesson unless they achieve it? Right. Cause they're not even there yet. What is something that you can share with us now that you're on the other side? Yeah. I think that, you know, some of the things I've, I've, learned about wealth and and I would even argue, you know, when I when I made my first what whether it was a hundred thousand in my business, two hundred, a million dollars, I would argue it took me the length of more than ten years, right? It took me going through middle school, high school, right? Getting a job, college, like and it takes a long time to get there. But I think once you find a breakthrough, you know, this is something that people always say, you only have to be right once. You could try a bunch of things. You only have to be right once in order to have this breakthrough. Once you find a breakthrough, you then can capitalize on it and you, you see yourself because you found alignment, right? You found a positioning, you found something you're good at, and you found something people are also willing to pay you for. So there's that intersection. And so once you have that, then you could, you could start making a capital. It's almost you have to focus your efforts on making impact, adding value, and getting people to see that value. Once those three things align, then you start getting paid for it. And the amount of money you can make now is really dependent on how you package and position whatever it is that you're really known for at that level. After making you know, money and, and things like that, I grew up in a very poor neighborhood. So in the neighborhood I grew up in, we never talked about money because we never had any to talk about. And so a lot of the things I learned around money was self-taught. Right. A lot of it, I didn't learn it in university. I, I graduated from college. A lot of us did. But you have no money management skills. You have no idea how to even pay your own taxes. You have no idea how to reduce taxes. You have no idea. So, so a lot of these things I had to learn through trial and error uh, along that journey. But some of the things I, I learned about money and I had to unlearn about money because I grew up in a poor household and I thought you just held on to money when you got it. But the only way you make more money as you have to be willing to invest in yourself and your education level in order to get to the next level to be able to make more money, right? Other things I learned about money and now that I'm on this other side is like, you have to be able to budget. And the reason why I say this, I don't care if you only have $100 to your name. I don't care if you have a million dollars to your name. If you don't understand the concept of budgeting, you will always spend all your money. I even people, my friends, my friends know. Okay, Abu, Abu just posted on Instagram. He made you know two hundred thousand dollars in twenty four hours. Like we going out, and they reach out to me, and I'm like, oh, I don't have budget. I don't have the budget this month because I honestly don't. So some one of the thing I learned about money is like you you need the people around you in order to help you manage it. And so I have an accountant, and we set a budget. She said, okay, Abu, here's your budget for the month. If you go over this budget, then, you know, you can't take money out of these accounts because we set them up this way where you can't just pull out, you know, $100,000 because you want to buy a, you know, a G-Wagon one day. 
You know, so we set these filters so I'm able to manage my money better. I have a budget. So my budget for eating out may be, you know, $800. And so for the month, I'm like, okay, you know, I went out to eat, you know, two friends, you know, that was $400 the bill and yeah, I got 400 left. If I go, if I hit that budget, I, I, I don't go over it. Yes. Do I have money? For sure. Some of these places I'm eating at, I could, I could probably buy the restaurant, but it doesn't, it's not a, you better, go not ahead. A, you better stunt. You better stunt. <laughs> it's about really setting this budget and saying, I am going to follow this that I set for myself because I'm building something bigger, right? I may be trying to buy land in the future. I may be trying to take care of family in the future. So that's sort of how, you know, money's entered my life, learning about money and sort of some of the things I've learned over the last few years as I've made more, more, more and more capital. Thank you for that. I love that. Yes, I love that lesson. And and so so you talked about like the lesson of like money and budgeting, right? So I, I want to talk about I like to talk about the feelings. So how does it feel <laughs> to be in this space right now? Right. Because you talk about how you grew up in the community you grew up in. Right. And now you're in a space where you can buy the restaurant that you dine at. How does that feel? I think for me, it's, it's a weird feeling. It's a very weird feeling because it's not something I'm used to. It's something I'm trying to make, I'm trying to develop normalcy around by hanging out with other people that have made it normal, you know, to talk about money, like, you know, to talk about a big purchase they had or to talk about the $30,000 vacation they just did. You know, I'm trying to make it normal around me by surrounding myself with people like that because it's still some distance because it's a lot of unlearning I have to do. Over the last few years, it's where I've built most of my capital and wealth. And then the last even more years, I've, I didn't have any of that. <laughs> and so I think I'm, I'm, the feeling is sometimes I'm like, is like, was this supposed to happen to me? Or am I deserving of this capital and money? Or someone else is struggling. Should I spend 10000 on this trip, right? So these are the things that I'm thinking because when the household I grew up in, we thought about everyone besides ourselves. Like, we were the last person we thought about. So you always thought about, well, how's this person doing? Can they afford this? Like, how do we contribute? You know, so the, this was the mindset. But as I'm learning, I'm sort of, learning slowly how to enjoy the space that I'm in. You know, I was listening to this one podcast and they were interviewing this guy and he was like, there's three levels of wealth. Again, this is how he viewed it. It's not how I viewed it. But he said the first level of wealth is you could go to a you know restaurant and you don't have to worry about the price. Just, just give me what's on the menu, right? Like I, I want that. The second level of wealth is you don't have to worry about mortgage or rent. It doesn't matter what it costs. It could be $10,000 mortgage. It doesn't matter. You don't have to worry about that. The third level of wealth is you could plan a forty, eighty thousand dollars vacation the day before. And I was like, you know what? I don't really look at the menu when I go to restaurants. I don't look at prices no more, right? <laughs> so it feels good to be like, and and people and the, the waiter is always like, oh, it costs. I'm like, it's all right. Like, you know, it's okay. Like, I, I that's what I want. And so I think it's starting to feel good. And the second reason and the thing is last year I was able to, you're able to have more impact. So last year I was able to donate to a lot of nonprofits, people that were, you know, nonprofit that was helping, you know, first time black mothers, because, you know, that's 
I resonate with that. That's my story, right? I helped a nonprofit that was helping homelessness, you know, so being able to write $50,000 checks, you know, to nonprofits to help people, I think is the the best feeling because you're like, man, how else would they have been able to raise that? Or now I'm able to help them reach their goal. You know, I'm, I'm able to do something that benefits me and others at the same time. And so I think it, it feels it feels really good. It, it feels really good. Those are extremely powerful nuggets, Abu. And would you tell us about the Powered AF podcast and what prompted you to start your podcast? Yeah, so it's been a long time coming. You know, I'm behind y'all. I'm still I'm still trying to catch up to y'all. <laughs> but the Powered AF podcast was something that I had wanted to start for like the last few years. I just never could convince myself that it was needed until I started and until I got to where I am. And I was like, man, I wish I would have documented every step of the process to making money and to building wealth. Right. And now I'm around all these people who have built wealth. And I'm like, I wish I could put a microphone in the room so they could see how they think. They could see the questions they ask. They could see that they didn't start where they are. They actually there's an origin story. Right. They, you know, they were really poor. Money wasn't talked about in their household, but now they're, you know, the most financially savvy person. Because I think sometimes people judge based on where someone is today. And they try to judge their life if their life is 10 steps back. They sort of need to see, well, where were they 10 steps ago? Where they were where I was. And so I started the Power AF podcast to really highlight, you know, some of these top performers, visionaries, entrepreneurs, and highlight some of the challenges they're overcoming, imposter syndromes that they're having to, in order to achieve their highest level of success. And that looks completely different for them, right? Based on what they were, what, what they're trying to achieve. And so I've been putting up microphones around the people that I'm around and say, hey, yeah, all that thought. Okay, let's, let's have a conversation. Let me set up the mics. Let's have the conversations. Let's document this because I think it could help a lot of other people. I think the mistake that that you think is small is actually could help someone. It could trigger some something in someone in order to really help them. And so that's you know the Power AF podcast and why I started it. And I'm I'm looking to document more stories and video and audio format and really build a high quality production studio essentially in major cities where I could bring people in and really get and record this content. So. That's my goal for it for the next like 12 months ahead. That is so incredible. I'm already a fan. I've been tuning in on Instagram. So keep up the great work, Abu. We're rooting for you over here. And now that you've dropped some gems, Abu, we kind of want to shift up the energy of this conversation, if that's okay with you. So we recognize, appreciate, and celebrate the multifaceted woman. And we believe that it's okay to be classy and ratchet. We believe that you can still be elegant and dance to strip club music. And so we want to invite you to our OU Clatch It segment. So do you take on the challenge? Yes, yes. (laughs) Okay. So now now that you've agreed, we're going to tell you what you signed up for. Oh, wait a second. (laughs) Wait a second. Wait a second. So we're going to ask you three questions. We're going to share three sentence completions, and then we're going to have you choose a photo, one to three. These are photos of you that you are not aware of. So you just have to see what pops up on screen and tell us the context behind the photo or what was happening that we may not know based on the photo that you that you choose. So are you ready? Yes, I am ready. (laughs) All right, let's do it. 
So you drop so many gems on Instagram. You must, I mean, I want to meet your mentor because you reference your mentors often and you just drop so many gems. What's the best piece of advice or wisdom that you've ever received? Oh man, this is tough. <laughs> so yeah. many. I was just talking to one of my friends and he had said something that resonated and he said, you know, the, and I'm trying to, I'm not, I'm not trying to butcher it either. So I'm trying to like <laughs> look at the wording for it, but Take your time. he Take had your said, time. you know, he said, you know, what people don't understand is that the easiest lane is your lane. And when he said that, I was like, dang, that, that's so true. Because a lot of times people see people doing something and they start copying and then they get frustrated, right? But they don't realize that's not your lane. That's why it's not working for you. So you have to find that the quickest path to success is finding your path, you know? And so that, that quote, you know, always resonated with me, you know, since I heard it just a few weeks ago. I love, I love that. that. I'm is, taking that, that quote is, now. Yes. New mantra. Yes. <laughs> okay. Our next question, Chang- changing up, changing it up. So you got to be ready for this one. I'm ready. So when you out here on your vacation, or maybe it's just a regular Tuesday, I don't know. Are you going to twerk or two-step? <laughs> right. I'm going to two-step. I'm a two-step. <laughs> okay. We'll take it. Good answer. Good answer. Now, as you can probably guess, I believe we have a lot of women guests on the podcast. Right, <laughs> and so right, these right. questions are definitely geared toward our audience. But hey, you're, you signed up for OU Clatch. We want to have some fun with you. What is the sexiest item you own? Oh, man, that's that's tough <laughs> because I don't I don't own many things like I, I went minimalist a few years back. I would probably say I just bought some Yeezy foam runners. So, you know, everyone's been digging them, you know, the ladies stop me okay, at the airport okay. and like, hey, what, what <laughs> it's like kind of having a dog, right? People always stop you and ask you about it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's a yes. good one. Okay, I love okay. it. Okay. I love it. All right. So now we're going to move to our sentence completions. Okay. One question or topic I wish people asked me more about, about more often is? Mental health. Okay, Abu, you set yourself up for this. You know, you're talking to a therapist <laughs> over here. So, so, Abu, what about mental health do you want to share with our audience? I think that, you know, and, and the reason why I say that is because of being an entrepreneur and visible and social media is just showing you Instagrammable moments of wins or million dollar sales or million dollar months. There's a side that like is dark and it's, you know, there's not a space where it's normal to talk about it. A lot of my friends, it's like the late nights at like 2, 3 a.m., you know, where they're, you know, after, you know, they're tired or they're like, oh, yeah, this is what's going on. And I'm like, why don't you speak up? You know, why don't you say something? Why don't you say you need help or you need to be supported in this way? And it's like, well, that's not Instagrammable, you know, like, you know, that, you know, do people even want to hear about that? You know, you know, my family told me I need to pray more. I need to go to church. I don't need a therapist, you know? So I think these moments are, you know, I I wish people talked about it more. And and that's why I say that. I love that. And I I agree with you. about mental health. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that, Abu. Our last sentence completion is what I love most about myself is the understanding I try to have with people. You know, I try to meet people where where they're at. 
and and I think that's you know it's a double-edged sword <laughs> but you know yeah. that that's what I enjoy about myself because sometimes it, it turns into something even more right and mm-hmm. other times yeah. you know you could get taken advantage of etc but I mean there's all there's risk associated with that anything you, you know you yeah. do in life any decision you make so I think you know just my understanding and trying to meet people where they are beautiful answer we love it yes. we love it all right Abu. now we have a photo a couple photos of you pulled up okay. from your instagram <laughs> and we want you to choose a number from one to three and then provide more context on the given photo so choose your number and we'll let you see the photo uh, let's go with one number one all right i think you might like this one get ready get ready and here we go <laughs> <laughs> so for those that are listening and not tuning in, feel free to describe the photo and then tell us something about this photo that we wouldn't know just by looking at the photo. Yeah, so this photo specifically, this was, I did a summer program at Harvard Business School called SVMP. And I think this photo was, you know, a bunch of people applied. There were like hundreds, thousands of students that applied. And they, I think that year I got accepted, like about 84 got admitted. And I think, you know, this, and it was, you know, people that were always told in their lives that they were special, right? That they were going to, you know, do great things. So now you take 84 of those people, you put them all in the same room. So in this photo, this was the first, after the first day, everyone, you know, all the same room. And I'm looking around, I'm like, dang, do I belong here? Because everyone was just as accomplished, just as smart, just as, you know, you know, driven, just as ambitious, just as... And so I think I took, I took this photo on our walk back and I was, and then, so that was what was happening behind the scenes as I took this photo. Awesome. I love That's so that. cool to have that opportunity. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we just want to thank you for your time and your energy and your expertise. And I know, I know, I know, I know that so many of our listeners are going to appreciate all of the gems that you have dropped with us. So where can they find you on social media and what's coming up next for you and your brand? Yeah, no, first of all, thank y'all for having me. This was really, really great. This is really fun and interactive as well. I really love that. I think what's, what's next for me is trying to figure out how do I, you know, build a life and then have that business not be my life, right? So I think that's what I'm trying to figure out in these next six to 12 months to see what that looks like because I get so consumed in business that I forget to sort of live <laughs> and enjoy the things that I'm producing, right? And so I think it's redesigning my life through the businesses that I've built and focusing on growing the podcast as well, Power to Have Podcast. So again, for those listening in, you can find me on Instagram at Abu Fofana, that's A-B-U-F-O-F-A-N-A-H, or on Twitter at the Abu Fofana as well. And you can engage with me there. You can DM me. May not respond back right away because I get hundreds <laughs> all the uh, every day, but I will try to work my way through it and, and get back to y'all as well. Amazing. We appreciate it. And lady, make sure you check out the Power Your Launch Marketing Accelerator. I am a student in the course. The course is really helpful. So do that and yes. check out the Powered AF podcast as well. And yeah, Abu, you kind of get the vibe here. As you can see, we have an amazing audience of Black women across the globe, and you kind of understand what our mission is here. And so we'd love to know who do you think would be 
the best next interview for us? And if you'd be open to making an introduction. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's <laughs> there's a million that came to my mind because uh, I'm all, all around them all the time. I would say Kiara of Charm City Buyers. I don't know if y'all know Charm City Buyers. Kiara is a really good one. Maya, you could lock her down. I know she's doing a million things. Even Emily, but Emily's doing a million things. But yeah, I, I definitely make some some intros. Let me look at what they schedules like. But I, I can make intros to the group of them, and then hopefully we catch one of them. Awesome! Thank you so much, Abu. We, we appreciate, appreciate that. Not a problem. Hey, lady. It's Terry here from the Cultivating Her Space podcast. I'm hosting a free podcasting masterclass where I'm going to teach you how to create your impactful podcast and how you can generate multiple streams of income. You can visit podcastwithterry.com to register for free. I hope to see you there. Thanks for joining us today. Please note that our show may contain conversations about self-help, advice, self-empowerment, and mental health, but is by no means meant to be a substitute for an ongoing formal relationship with a trained mental health provider. If you or someone you know is in need of mental health care, please visit the Therapy for Black Girls directory, Psychology Today, or contact your insurance provider. If you liked what you heard and want to keep the conversation going, visit our website, cultivatingherspace.com, and be sure to click the Patreon tab to get access to video content, bonuses, and our weekly after show. And before we meet again, repeat after me. Greatness is my birthright, so I no longer ask for permission.